And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome into another Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus. I am joined by Scott Powers of The Athletic. Scott, we were both on the West Coast this past weekend. Uh, How was your trip to Seattle? It was good. It was... uh... Yeah, I uh, went out there for a couple of stories and they've yet to be published. So um, the one, I guess the one, the Kevin Korchinski one I'll have out, uh, I think tomorrow now just got pushed back with some other new stuff. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was quick. And but it was, it was odd that we we're both on the uh, time, same time zone. We could, we could <laughs> communicate at 11 p.m. and not be it really strange. So um, how was that was a long trip? I mean, that was. It was. It was, you know, because the, the, the Hawks went out to Colorado like two days early. So it wound up becoming like a six or seven day trip. But uh, it was good. It was, you know, it was good to kind of get back into the rhythm of the job. That was the first week where it really felt normal in a long time. You know, being in the room and, and being in a, you and I talk about this a, a lot, but like being in the room is one thing. Being in the room on the road is like a whole other thing when there's only two or three reporters there. Uh, you really can talk to whoever you want to. Everyone's available. There's nowhere to hide in the San Jose Sharks dressing room, visiting dressing room. So everyone's there and they're happy to talk. Everyone's chill and relaxed. Nobody's in a rush to go anywhere. And it, it was just really nice to be, you know, on the road, bouncing around Colorado to Vegas to San Jose, uh, see some other writers, grab a drink here and there, get some work done, write every day. Uh, it, it was good. It was, you know, it was, it was a, a few really early mornings, like 3.45 a.m. wake up calls. Oh, man. But uh but it was good. It was good to kind of just be doing the job again. I, I don't know about you. I hate training camp. Just hate it. Like you're torn because like, first of all, 
it's preseason games. So you don't want to overreact. I'm like, like, let's talk about how bad Jonathan Taze looked in the preseason games. It's all anyone could talk about. He's been arguably their best player since the season started because Jonathan Taze doesn't give a shit about the preseason. He's in the 16th season. Why would he? So you got all that. And then you wind up writing stories on everybody. And then the season starts like, well, I just wrote about all these guys. I just can't imagine being an NFL writer or a uh, baseball writer with their like two month long training camps. I would just be beside myself. Yeah, I, I enjoy training camp for like the first week and then it gets old really quickly, right? Like it's just, it's, uh, yeah, too many. Yeah, what, what, once and... all the prospects leave, then it's not interesting anymore, right? <laughs> um, what, what's your takeaway from those first three games? Like I, I was trying to, I was looking at the numbers yesterday. I was, I was, I, I one of my stories fell through. So I was, I was like, oh, maybe I'll write about the analytics. And it's just, it's the timbers are, it, it's just, it's not enough, enough of sample size, you know, like even it's like, oh, maybe they're cutting down, like they're giving up less defensive chances or whatever. But like against Vegas, like it was more like they, like they, they only lost one nothing, but like the chances were like more than anything they gave up last year, you know, like yeah, Alex Daylock was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I can pull from those games, but the fact that they were, Aside from the first game, I mean, it was, they were competitive throughout and they, you know, I mean, Vegas outplayed them, but they, you know, stuck in it. And then San Jose, they, you know, they, they won. And so I, I would, I mean, that's a, seems like a pretty successful road trip for them at this point. Well, I guess it's how you define success, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, right, right now there's like eight teams worse than them in the standings. I, I posted that on Twitter yesterday, the uh, tank standings. And, uh, you know, obviously the wild aren't going to be there at the end. The lightning aren't going to be there at the end, but it just, I, I, I my, my takeaway from those three games is they're bad. Like they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring five on five, but I'm not so sure they're bad enough to do what Kyle Davidson wants, which is finish dead last and have the best chance of getting Connor Bedard or any of those top three picks next year, because they're going to have pretty good goaltending. I mean, it's a very small sample size. I get it, but Peter Morazic is a legitimate NHL goaltender when healthy. He may not be Dominic Hoshek in his prime, but he is a legitimate NHL goaltender. Yeah. And Alex Stalock, man, he was fun as hell to watch in Vegas. He is he is a lunatic between the pipes. He is just flopping around, diving, racing to the boards to, to, to attack the puck. Like he is crazy, crazy out there. And he's going to be a he's like clearly a hyper competitive guy who's not going to just roll over and give up games either. So if you have competent goaltending, it's very difficult to tank. And the fact that the Blackhawks seem to have some semblance of structure now, they have uh, uh, you know, Jonathan Taze playing very well. I mean, they, they hung with Vegas and they beat San Jose with their top line, with Patrick Kane doing absolutely nothing. That top line has been abysmal, and they're still hanging in these games. Even Colorado, it was all special teams, right? They gave up four power play goals. At five on five, they're not scoring – but they're being pretty competitive defensively. Like this does not look like a 50 point team to me. It looks like a 65, 70 point team to me, which is not bad enough. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, it, it's so early. Like the numbers are, I mean, it's no, it's all, it's like, all there. It's sample size is big enough. We know exactly everything now, Scott, there's no need to even play the last 79 games. We know like, like it's not a possession team. Like as much as Taves look good, like he's still like 40% Corsi, you know, like they, I know, yeah. they don't, they don't have the puck much. So it's, yeah, I don't, I guess the other thing is that you have two goalies who have some injury history who are yeah. uh, stay a little older. Like it's, it's going to be like, can they hold up? Cause yeah, I, I think at their best, I, I don't know how often they win that Vegas game, but, but they're obviously capable of that still. And, and that's not all initial goalies are capable of having those type of performances. So yeah, I think that's, I, I think for, for Luke Richardson, that's encouraging for Kyle Davidson's that's, 
it, it's a little concerning maybe but yeah I, I think you do have to give luke richardson some credit here like this team is working hard and they seem to have an idea of how he wants to play and they're executing it to the best of their abilities which may not be world beaters but like they're not just getting overwhelmed out there like a lot of us thought they would be I, I think that the issue is, and, and it's, you know, like uh, even though they, they pop out for what five goals in San, San Jose, this team is going to struggle to score. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was two, two shorthanded goals. And it's, you know, like that was uh, with the first five and five goal was in that third game. So I, I think that's the challenge that can the defense and can the goaltending keep them in games if, if the office isn't, isn't popping. I was talking to someone yesterday about, you know, just, you know, Kane's still kind of figuring out Anna Thesiu and, and Domi still and, um, and, and part of it was that, you know, the person thought was that, you know, Kane's going to probably start trying to play Anathis, you more in the space where just trying to utilize his, his speed and maybe even playing the puck out of the defense zone or neutral zone, kind of leading him into plays and find ways to kind of open him up. Cause that, yeah, I feel like that line has been pretty quiet. And part of it's that teams can really match up against that line and they don't right. have, um, you know, and I think that's going to benefit Taves, you know, this year too, is that, you know, they, I think he won't see the top line as much as he's seen in the past, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it really worked in their favor. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I thought that Colorado game, like you sort of expected, um, yeah, some of that, like how the game looked, but yeah, they were competitive outside of the, the special team stuff. And then yeah, to have the, the trip finished like that, where, um, you know, Vegas looks like a pretty good team, you know, like it's, yeah. Um, um, I saw them in, uh, I saw them in Seattle too. And they, you know, they, they scored in like 12 seconds against Seattle and <laughs> they won pretty, pretty easily. So, um, for first impression, I, I, obviously Jason Dickinson was kind of the story that San maybe Jose the greatest gave. player in the history of the NHL, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what, I don't know. What, what was it like interacting him? What was it like kind of after that game? And yeah, he seems like a, he seems like a pretty interesting guy, kind of laid back, but like very introspective. He talked a lot about how last year he was kind of in his own head. And I think, you know, there's a if you go into my mentions, there's a thread from a Vancouver Canucks fan about how awful it is to be a Vancouver Canuck or a Vancouver Canucks fan talking about his daughter getting her hopes crushed last night. And that's just like I saw my daughter become a Canucks fan like that's a difficult place to play because it's kind of like you're always waiting for the sort of Damocles to fall on you in there. It's always expecting the worst and the pressure's really ratcheted up and they've never won anything in their, you know, 52 years, I think of existence. Uh, and it, it, Dickinson basically said he's, he's gotten in his own head and, you know, he was a guy who was a pretty solid player for Dallas. He wasn't a big time scorer, but he produced, he was a good depth scorer and a very good defensive player. And he became a strictly defensive player in Vancouver. Now here in Chicago, he's going to have more of an opportunity to produce because ain't nobody producing. So, uh, you know, he, no, he's probably not going to continue scoring at a three points per game pace. But, you know, this is a very capable third line type player uh, who's going to give the Blackhawks a little more depth, a little bit more, you know, oomph in the bottom six. Um, he, he, he's, you know, I, I know we always joke about how the Blackhawks have a million bottom sixers, but he's like a proven capable NHL checking line guy who can play uh, a, a number of positions. He put him right onto the penalty kill uh, with Lafferty. Obviously that worked like gangbusters immediately yeah. two primary assists on short-handed goals. So he's going to be a solid player for them. He's the kind of guy that you need. I mean, in theory, he's the kind of guy that makes a good team very good. I don't know what he does to a bad team, but he certainly improves what they had. He's, he's a, he's a step above a, you know, a Reese Johnson or someone like that, or a Jujar Kara, the way they're playing. Like, he's a, he's, he'll be a nice piece for them. Uh, he'll be a good fit in the locker room. This, this locker room, it seems you know, everyone seems pretty comfortable with each other. It's a new, a lot of new guys, but uh, it's kind of like this laid back mellow vibe in there right now, where it's a lot of, 
kind of chill guys they brought in who compete hard but aren't very intense off the ice. Um, and I think he'll fit right in. He seems like an interesting, thoughtful guy. It, it's so, I mean, you, you wrote about Kurdishev the other day being, I mean, he, he's the fourth longest tenured Blackhawk. Like, it's just such <laughs> a different, it's such a different room. Like, it was, I, I was going through some clips yesterday for, for something else, and it was, um, yeah, just uh, the amount of people that are just like, oh, wow, he used to be on the team or he used to be on the team. And just how, <laughs> how much has evolved is just, it's, it's wild that, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and I did that numbers story to start the year and just, um, yeah, I used to, to get like to be able three to, or four to, names. Yeah, I used to, <laughs> to just copy and paste a lot of shit, and now that's yeah, it's not the case anymore. Like it's it's a little bit more work, and uh, yeah, it's such a such a yeah. And and I'll be you know I've been you know you were on this road trip, so like you, I feel like in camp you don't really get to get no personality. So it'll be interesting to kind of learn this team and learn these people, and and that's certainly how we can sometimes you know come up with the stories that uh, we do, and um, yeah, it'll be. Um, well, I've, I've talked a little bit about this. I think this year will be really interesting because normally if you have a bad team that loses a lot, it's terrible in the room. It's just, it's miserable. Everyone's grumpy and pouty and it's just an unpleasant place to be. But I feel like if you're on the 2022, 2023 Blackhawks, you know exactly what this is. You're going in eyes open, knowing the deal. Like you're not expected to win. You're not expecting to win. Unless you're Kane and Taves. Unless you're Kane and Taves, but, but even those guys, they know the deal, right? Yeah. Like they, they under like they might be defiant about it and think that maybe we can, but they also know they look around like, all right, you know, Marion Hosa is not walking through that door. Patrick Sharp's not walking through that door. Duncan Key's not walking through that door. They get it. Well, Patrick so Sharp I, may walk through that door, but he's not playing anymore. That's right. He's doing some uh, broadcast prep work. And I just think that's going to ease a lot of the tension that would normally, like you're seeing players only meetings already in Vancouver. That's not going to happen in Chicago if they lose three in a row because they're supposed to lose three in a row. So I think that makes, you know, the young guys are here. They're excited to just be playing. The older guys are here to kind of re- revive their careers and, <clears throat> excuse me, play like a larger role. So I don't think it's going to be a, a, a toxic situation. I know that we were worried about like, uh, like maybe they don't want to have some of the young guys up here because they don't want them to get this losing culture and this losing mentality. But I don't really think that's going to be an issue with this team because everyone understands the situation and everyone's here with their own individual goals that, you know, that you can focus on and not just be grumpy the entire season because the team sucks. Speaking of situations, um, Pierre Lebrun yesterday wrote about uh, the Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves situation, which will be a long I, I just the year long, uh, yeah, circus, I suppose, in some ways. But, uh, and he, and he talked to Pat Razan, who, who, who hasn't really spoken much on the, on the record. And, um, and they drew some comparisons to Claude Giroux and just kind of, you know, how long you've been with an organization and kind of waiting and seeing. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of what a lot we, what we expect is that they're going to kind of see how this season unfolds and see where it goes. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it seems like, at some point he he'll be open to something and, and, and Taves potentially could be open to something, but if he's getting one point every three games, he'll be out the door real quick. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I, I, you know, not, not a whole um, yeah, there wasn't like a news part, but it was just, obviously it's discussions that I, I think they're having internally within the Blackhawks within, you know, Pat Brisson representing Taves and Kane that um, I think it's something they've at least addressed. And then I, I think Pierre reported that they're going to talk in December, that they're going to kind of circle back and, um, you know, leading, uh, you know, some time into the deadline there to kind of feel everyone out. But um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I think it's something that everyone's at least aware of and they're, you know, they're, there's communication between the sides about, how everyone feels, you know? Yeah. I think one of the important things that Pierre talked about was, uh, and, and we've, we've, we've touched on this, but we got, I think it's worth reinforcing is you are not going to get a haul for Patrick Kane. 
you are not going to get uh, equal value for Patrick Kane, not just because there are very few players in the world that have equal value to Patrick Kane, but he has total control of the situation, just like Claude Giroux did. He could basically say, I want to go to the New York Rangers and only the New York Rangers or the New York Islanders, only the New York Islanders or Colorado Avalanche or Edmonton, whatever he wants. He could say, I just want to go there. And then that team has really no reason to give, sell the farm because they know it's just like the Seth Jones thing was we always talk about. There was only one team. Why would you give up so much when you were the only team you wanted to go to? Other teams aren't going to make that mistake. So you might not even get a first round pick for Patrick Kane. You, you may, you hopefully will hope it'll be like a late first rounder, but well, I've heard the Blackhawks for the Blackhawks are hoping eventually is, is a, is a first round pick and a decent prospect, you know, like right. the high- that's the best you're going to get though. You're not yeah. going to get like some like Eric Lindros style hall here. Well, no, I mean, it's also an expiring stuff. contract. So it, like, there's, yeah. uh, you know, like there's, yeah, you, you probably have Patrick Kane for the run and that's probably it unless you resign him, um, which will, you know, like, and you're gonna market. get a Ryan Hartman Hall. You're gonna get a late first round pick and a middling prospect. That's probably the best you can hope for here, just because again, Patrick Kane has all the cards here, and he's gonna dictate where he goes, not Kyle Davidson. Yeah. So yeah, no, it'll it'll be interesting because I, I think yeah, I, I think there's teams that are already positioning themselves for that. I mean, I, the Rangers seem like a, an obvious fit uh cap wise and you know and man like they look really good early on too and, and you know they have multiple first round picks they have a you know a decent prospect system like i um yeah so yeah i, I, I mean yeah it's, it's october but I, it does feel like we're gonna be and, and i guess it depends on where the blackhawks are going what the record is too but i'm sure this will become more of uh more noise as, as i think as kane put it but um yeah it's certainly yeah it's it's, it's interesting and what um yeah the schedule is weird now we're just it's three games and then you got a whole like, week off. off. You know? <laughs> yeah. They didn't come back from Europe. They came back from California. I mean, geez. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of preparation for the Red Wings. We're, we're playing well, too. So, well, it's a good I, thing that they, that's why it was, it was, it was to some degree important that they won that last game in San Jose. Otherwise, you're sitting on 0 3 and not feeling that great about yourself. I know that contradicts everything I just said, but to some degree, <laughs> you want to win some games and you feel a lot better about yourself for five days off. And, you know, we're going to have three or four practices here. It's almost like a mini training camp again, where they're going to really get to like zero in on the things that they were doing pat, uh, poorly on the road trip. And, and Luke Richardson has his roster and can really, you know, zero in on some of that system stuff to improve some of that offense. And and, and I guess you, you get guys healthy too. I mean, McCabe should be back by, uh, I think they're hoping that he'll be back for the home opener. And I assume Velasic goes down. I mean, I thought Philip Bruce played, played pretty well. And um, yeah, like you, you, it'll just i mean mccabe's obviously motivated to come back after last season too so um he could potentially improve the blackhawks as well so um he's he he's the only guy that's out still right like he's um yeah, yeah i mean with, uh, mitchell jones back and uh you know mitchell's still a ways off yeah ways off some um so yeah mccabe will be back and uh they, then they got a it's a weird schedule where they they're not a, there's not a whole lot of road trips it's uh about to California later in November and then New York in December, but those are, yeah, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of favorable in that it's not a lot of one-offs and the one-offs are, you know, every, every year when I get my annual Jonathan Taves hates the NHL schedule story, it's all those one-offs that he hates. The players like going on trips where you get to really settled in and you get to knock out a bunch of road games in a row. So like three, it's a lot of three game trips this year, a couple of two games, but there's not so many of those like random one-off in Winnipeg or Boston. There's a couple of things like that, but it's not as much as it's been. It's not as chaotic a schedule, but that second half of the schedule, there's a lot of travel. Yeah. They're really backloaded here. Yeah. No, I'll be, 
I guess yeah. We'll we'll see where the uh, the record is at when how much how much is worth traveling at that point. But um, I, I was watching uh, you know Rockford started the reaction this this week, and I was I was actually going through Lucas Reichel's shifts last night and kind of um yeah, it's weird. It's they've they've stockpiled some talent in Rockford, but it's not really guys that are. I mean, it's a lot of AHL veterans, so there's not a whole lot of guys to really watch. You know, like it's like even Reichel's playing with um you know he played with uh, Just and. Uh, and Sakura and like it, it's not like usually you know like you, you'd have a few other eight you know prospect type players so um you know I think Isaac Phillips is interesting and Soda Bloom but it was uh yeah it's just it's interesting where like I, I I felt like it was more conducive just to watch shifts than watch the whole game because there's guys on the ice that it's just they aren't as relevant just because there's a lot of veterans there and they're yeah trying to build the team um yeah well, I, I most, saw, of, most of their best prospects are in junior right now that's just yeah. they're so far out that's all it is um yeah the story's running tomorrow but just uh you know i i, I did see kevin krachinski and uh, uh i guess it's not technically seattle it's kent uh, kent washington with the thunderbirds and uh brian campbell is actually out there watching him it sounds like um you know he's going to get out there maybe occasionally and, and mark you don't get out there a bunch and um but yeah certainly the blackhawks have tabs on krachinski and working with him and he, he played really well like it was a they, they won seven nothing and um he's you know he's he's playing major minutes and he, he's you know he's doing all the things they want and they're giving him feedback and um i didn't see the game the next day but they won 11 to 3 so they're obviously uh, you know his, his team is pretty good i think they're seven uh seven oh and oh this year so they're um not you know, bad yeah so be one of the better teams in whl so um i don't know how you know that probably leads to lens you know, probably lends itself to a long run for them against so i don't know if he comes over to rock for the end of the season but um, yeah, everything, you know, he, he looks the part. He's playing well. He's obviously playing a lot of confidence as well as, you know, as well as his camp went and Blackhawks seem happy with him. So, um, yeah, it, sounds, it seems like he's on the right track. And, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of watch how those guys develop this year. It's long season. So a lot of those guys in juniors, especially too. But he's, uh, yeah, he's for this part, you know, for being the seventh overall pick and how he looks in camp. And, you know, he's, I think he's got like eight points in the first five games producing and, taking you know taking notes you know he said that Campbell told him to shoot more and you know the next game he's shooting more so it's um you know I, I think it's he has a lot of the attributes it seems like you want a prospect who's you know who's uh taking a lot of those things to heart and whatnot so uh yeah looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You got some news about Frank Nazar too. Yep. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll write that in a little bit, but yeah, Frank Nazar is going to have surgery. Um, I was told a lower body injury, something that was pre-existing um, coming into, you know, into the season at Michigan. So uh, they're hoping to have him back in, uh, in February. Um, um, they're not sure if it's, uh, he'll be able to play the season or not, but they're hoping 
you know, gets back on the ice by then and then kind of see where the college season's at and what's best for his development. Um, they don't want to, you know, fast track him, um, you know, so uh, certainly not what the probably, the, you know, obviously, obviously not what him or the Blackhawks won at this point of his career or any point of his career. But, uh, yeah, he'll be out for a while. And, uh, you know, he, I, it sounds like he battled through something through World Juniors and, and Blackhawks camp and just, um, you know, he had a better idea about it coming out of it. So, um, yeah, so he uh, he'll be on kind of them. He's going to have surgery here. And uh, they said soon they didn't kind of exact timetable. And um, but, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a bit of a blow to blow to him. So. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, you had some prospect notes in your weekly re or in our weekly report the other day, and you know, Colton doc, uh, had a head injury over the weekend and, yeah. um, you know, he, he was in concussion protocol here with the Blackhawks are in camp. Um, you know, on the positive side, Paul Lewinsky, who had, who was also in concussion protocol protocol, he, um, you know, he was, he was out for a while. He he's back playing with his junior team. So some positive and negative news, but uh, yeah, it, I, I think the prospect stuff, you know, throughout the season, I'm sure we'll uh, keep a handle on. Yep. We got a few uh, Twitter questions. Um, Calm Shaggy asks if the Hawks do become not as bad as they think they should be in land in the six to 10 range. Does this constitute a failure on the organization as a rebuild? And with the six to 10 range pick, who would the best available with that pick? All right. Well, picking the six to 10 pick this far in advance is a, is a fool. Tell errand. us, tell us, tell us. No, tell us. it is. It is absolute fool's errand, but everyone will tell you at this point. Oh man, there's a lot of depth. I like a lot of the top of this draft. Everyone says the same thing every year. Nobody knows anything yet. How about, how about, but, I'll tell you this thing. I, I saw Connor Bedard's first and his first uh, 10 games. I think he's, he's averaging 14 shots attempts a game and and it, it, i think it, i forgot what the shots on goal were but yeah he's, he's averaging 14 shot attempts a game like it's just it's yeah you won connor bedard if you can get connor bedard uh and adam fantilli and i actually i talked to michelin's coach today too and i you know i talked about frank nazar but um yeah fantilli's you know he's i think he's one of the top point producers in college hockey already and I think Mitch Koff's still out, but it, yeah, throughout the season, that's, that's really going to be fascinating too. And but yeah, I was about to say, you usually don't see college kids step in right away, but then Kel McCarr did that. So maybe I should shut up. Uh, and McCarr was there for two years though, too. Wasn't that's he? true. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I think we had the same sort of question last week. And yeah, for me, I, I think it's a complete failure if they don't like, there's no reason to trade Alex to bring kit. The only reason right. you traded Alex to bring kit was that you can completely tank. Um, and, and if, that doesn't happen then i i think it, none of this makes sense because this the, is a big reason why i was against the tank to begin with because it's not guaranteed it's really hard to be the worst team in the league because there's a lot of teams trying to be the worst team in the league and then there's going to be teams that just fall flat on their face and that are you know you don't expect to be there like a montreal or something like that coming off of a stanley cup final appearance is the worst team in the league last year and they wind up with the top yeah. pick it's just so i don't think there's to, a lot of to give up an alex to bring it to, to give up an alex to bring it though for the off chance that maybe you'll have an 18.5% chance at Connor Bedard. I just, I don't like the strategy because I don't think it works. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I, 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 I get it. I, 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 I don't think there's many teams that are actively trying to be as bad as the Blackhawks, the Arizona. Um, but aside from that, yeah, you're, you're, you're contending with teams that are just going to be bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's three games. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think the Blackhawks are going to struggle to score. And, 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 you know, if you, you lose Cannon Taves, his team looks a lot different too. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like we have the same conversation every week, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I, 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 mean, I think the Blackhawks, you, all I'm saying is you could have finished as the seventh, you could have got the number seven pick with Alex to bring it and Dylan Strom on this team too. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if how, like it's, it's yeah. I, 
like at some point you need to reload right like you need you you, you need but, you but, need but, to, but, but I'm, I'm just agreeing with you that it is an absolute abject failure if you don't get a top three pick this year for sure yeah and that's and, and that's and, and that's why i'm kind of holding judgment like i i, I get it there's some risk but i, I think they've actively um, and and I, I think they probably should have been even more actively, you know, like, I don't think you needed Anastasia or Domini. Like, I get why you signed them, but um, I, 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 I there's, so you know, even Dickinson now, like he just won you a game, right? Like, was that, <laughs> was that cap space, that second round pick worth it? If that's what it comes down to, like, I, I think, I think that's sort of how the Blackhawks get micromanaged now is that uh, the goal was to lose. And, and, and if you've improved the team too much. Um, yeah, that's that, it falls on them, you know, like, so yeah, I'm, I'm well, going to hold because a lot of Kyle Davidson's moves look really good. Sam, like Alex Nylander for Sam Lafferty, you know, Lafferty's never going to be able to produce at the rate that, you know, he probably would like to, but he's a good, solid, effective player. And, you know, they, a lot of these moves he's made have produced pretty solid players and weaponizing your cap space, getting a second round pick and a decent player in, in a vacuum. These are all good moves, but are they now counterproductive to the larger goal, which is right. being terrible? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think a second round pick is, is worth it if you don't. Yeah. Again, if you don't get one of those yeah. first three picks, like you end up with a fifth or sixth pick, then that second round pick certainly isn't worth it. Cause the difference between the sixth pick and Connor Bedard or, or Mitch Koffer Fantilli, I, I think is pretty significant still. Like I, I know it's a deep draft and there's some really good players beyond them, but. I, I think, you know, especially at the top of the draft, that there's some players who could be really special and, and, and change your franchise. So, um, yeah, and, and you know, like, yeah, if yeah, if you don't do that, there, there was no point in trading to bring it because, um, like, ultimately the Blackhawks need to, they need to spend some money next offseason. And uh, they need to, um, you know, like you, you lose Kane and Taves potentially. Um, you, you, those, yeah, there, there's money. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pay, overpay for some players or players that you want to keep long-term because you, you need to get to the cap floor. And then, yeah. yeah so then there, there's a lot of kind of implications with um, it's going to be harder for that. Like, people are like, Oh, they need, you know, the uh, cap increasing gives them more likelihood to trade Seth Jones even, but I, I they need Seth Jones contract at some point, cause it's going to help them um, cap space and Seth, Seth Jones can still play and all those things. Like I, they're, they're, as they build for the future, Seth Jones is part of the picture and um, it doesn't work as much right now because you, you, you have Kane and Taves, but once you start shedding salary and, and the cap goes up, like you need, eventually you need to pay players. They all can't make two or 3 million because it doesn't really add up to a whole lot. So Seth Jones contract is going to help them at least in the, in the near term. It's uh, funny to think that that's going to be a, a boon for them to have that heavy contract. Yeah. That's so, true. Because I, I was cap is supposed to expect it to go pretty significantly up in the next yeah i was talking to hockey executive about the other day and like you know and they said that you know sometimes you just overpay for some guys you want or you give someone extra money just because you can and and you know it'll make someone's someone's career because they you know they get four or five million they probably didn't expect but um yeah there's you know certainly you know taking on bad contracts and all those things but i think the blackhawks you know within a year or so like that like you want to do less of that because that means uh, those are players that you don't you know usually you're not looking to kind of build around the future too so i i feel like the blackhawks timeline of taking on bad contracts like you they've been you know pretty mindful of you know Mrazic's a couple of years and, and and dickinson has you know a couple of years so like i like you don't want to take any long-term deals because I, I don't think there's any benefit well, to if, that. You, if, if, if you use the uh the 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 dominant cup years blackhawks as an example you know they were terrible in 2005 2006 they draft jonathan taves they're terrible the next year. They draft Patrick Kane. And then those two guys come up. And then it was 2008, 
is when they uh, signed Brian Campbell. It was 2009 when they signed Marion Hosa, and that's when they really took off, right? So, I mean, you're looking at the third or fourth year of this, you know, the Blackhawks want to be super aggressive. If they get Connor Bedard, that maybe expedites things. Maybe more free agents want to come here to play with Connor Bedard, and maybe you can, you know, turn it into a two- or three-year process instead of a four- or five-year process. But, you know, if if this is the if this season's rock bottom, we're probably looking at 2026, maybe as the the year the Blackhawks want to take that big step forward and really get into contention. So I mean, it's a long game you're playing here, and I'm sure Kyle Davidson is thinking years out because I got to think he's got a really long leash as GM, given that you know the whole organization is on board with this long term rebuild. You're not gonna you know take pull the rug out from underneath him two years into what's supposed to be a five year plan. And I, I, but I also think the organization is like this year's like right now it's fine. And, and, you know, they're not feeling it, you know, but I think as the season goes on and, and if they do struggle, you, you'll start noticing, uh, you know, it's going to get harder to sell tickets. It's going to be harder oh, yeah. to, you know, sell merchandise, you know, once Cannon Taves leaves, there, there's, there, there's no other jerseys being bought. There's no, you know, there's no other players you're really marketing. Um, Jason I think, Dickinson. I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the front office being, I'm bored with this is saying like, Oh, we're going to get a player that we can, we can sell jerseys of next year. We can, you know, like if you get a six or seven pick next year, um, it's not like you have Kevin Korchinski jerseys up right now. Like it, it, it's a whole different. Well, game. I mean, if you draft Mitchkov, it might not be either because it could be a few years till he gets yeah, here. Yeah, I guess you just sell Mitchkov's jerseys until he gets here. So yeah, the, yeah, the Mitchkov's things obviously it, it's a whole other conversation and, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, I think if Fantilli is at all anywhere near that, you know, I think for uh, most teams at Fantilli may be the way to go, but um, but yeah, I, I you know I, I you know getting back to the question, I, I think we're both on the same page that if they don't get one of those top three players, then um, yeah, this is a failure. Well, we got a kind of a, a an offshoot question from Bears and Hawks. Uh, how many wins or what winning percentage will it take until Davidson starts aggressively trading roster players to make the team worse for the tank? Now that's a really interesting poll question. Like we've kind of joked about this, but does there come a point where if this team's not good but isn't awful, that you take drastic measures and you start getting rid of competent players. Uh, like, could you be that blatant in the process and say, all right, we need to get rid of this guy because he's gotten red on. I'm not talking Kane and Taze. I'm talking yeah. other guys where they don't wait until the trade then. I mean, they start just getting rid of guys because they're too competent. Could you, could you get away with that as an NHL GM? It just so rarely happens in a league though. Right. Like you yeah. see, so trades that just like trades like that. And for them to like, they still want probably, a decent return and just stuff like that just doesn't happen until usually around the deadline and yeah so like i you need like the judge in the natural i'll give you five thousand dollars if you strike out right <laughs> yeah i don't know i i i yeah i, I just I none of that's really realistic it seems like you know I, but i'm sure at the deadline like it's um yeah i i, I think you can see a lot of players be dealt you know like you i i think um yeah i mean obviously kane and taves and at the cu and domi and you know, I think Murphy's, a, you know, like Murphy's the name that we both heard from different scouts. You know, he's got a couple of years on his deal, but um, I think there's a lot of guys that could be, you know, I mean, I mean shoot, if Mrazic or Staylock are, 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 are pretty solid and, you know, um, or, I mean, you know, at least uh, I guess Mrazic's on a couple of years, but, you know, Staylock is, is someone that could be depth goaltending, you know, like you I look at like a team like Toronto, that's all of a sudden hurting for goaltending. And, you know, those, those are the kind of trades that do happen mid season. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think they're open. I think they'll be open to that stuff around the deadline. I just, I, 
I, I think Davidson understands that if 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 they if they aren't bad and you know as bad that he he can't yeah there's not much you can do you just kind of have to swallow it a little bit you know like it's just it's uh it, it is what it is and um because i think that at that point i I think like you you certainly lost the you know like i i think you i think at that point maybe you worry about losing a fan base or or even players on the team or you know like luke richardson you could, like I, you could take this too far yeah I, I think there's some of that so i i, I don't I'd be surprised if they were that active. Like, it, yeah, I think of the deadline, anything's possible. I just, up until then, I, I'd be surprised by a whole lot of moves just to get them a lot worse. Well, longtime reader and beloved Chicago Blackhawks fan, Michael Russo asks, is Al Stalock available in a trade? <laughs> yeah, things are bad in Minnesota right now. And Stalock's a good Minnesota boy. Um, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's interesting to look around the league and you see like a team like Minnesota, who we all had a very high expectations for, go 0-3. And, and if you lose three straight games in January, whatever but when you lose the first three games of the season boy does panic city creep up on you in a hurry well think of how bad i mean flurry was part of the reason they were oh. in that rut last year you he know like he was good, yeah. yeah it was you know he turned it around and um you know he he yeah he certainly was a lot better as the year went on but yeah he was he was part of the reason that jeremy Collison got fired you know like it <laughs> i just remember like the look in his eyes like what did i sign up for like being behind that blackhawks defense early last year like this is not the Vegas or Pittsburgh I'm used to. Yeah. It, it really is just, yeah. And you wonder though, I mean, he's, everybody loves the guy and wants to see him succeed, but he's what, 38 years old now. Yeah. You know, at some it, point he can't do it anymore. Yeah. So you wonder. No, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, yeah. And uh, it's, there's so much overreaction over the first week of hockey too. Like it's just, that's what makes it fun. Right. Yeah. And, no, Octo- sure. and October hockey is just absolute, but nonsense. Arizona just be Toronto last night. Right. Like oh man, that game was suck. <laughs> That game could not have gone any more hilariously with like, you know, the Coyotes are up two nothing. They're cruising the, the Leafs storm back and they tie it up. And then the Coyotes take the lead and then the Leafs tie it up, but it's waved off because of a stupid hand pass rule. It's so it was peak Toronto. And I loved every second. <laughs> of it. I, I hate to admit it, but you know, like I don't have any really fan allegiances, but there is something always just hilarious about Toronto. Like I remember when we were uh, during the playoffs last year, we were, my wife and I were in Mexico city in the first round for a quick vacation uh, because the Blackhawks weren't playing. And we sat there outside of like this chocolate uh, chocolate in coffee house, drinking, uh, drinking hot chocolate and listening with one earbud each listening to the least lose game seven. And you just can't help but laugh because it happens the same way every time. And it's such a good team and it's a franchise that's run the right way. And it's such a passionate fan base. And there's no reason for any of this, but God damn it. If it's funny every time. um we apologize to our leafs listeners Uh, (laughs) listen to to the chicago blackhawks podcast (laughs) (laughs) what uh do you watch any movies out in your trip i did i saw bros finally in uh in um denver and it was really good it was uh you know they don't it's i talked about this a little bit with the the woman king how they don't make those kind of big budget action movies anymore where it's just like you know, a kind of a gladiator style, just kick-ass movie. Well, they don't really make rom-coms anymore either. So for Billy Eichner to come out and make a rom-com where, uh, you know, uh, where the two lead characters are both men and it's, I think almost every actor he uses uh, LGBTQ plus, uh, it was, it was just really funny. It was a funny movie. It's a Judd Apatow movie. So it went too long because every Judd Apatow movie goes too long. You know, you probably could have shaved 15 minutes off it, but it was really good. It was funny. Billy Eichner, who I love Billy Eichner, like the Billy on the street stuff. I never thought of him as a dramatic actor. He does a really good job. He's got a couple of like really long monologues in this yeah. story, in this movie, and he does a good job delivering them. It was good. I wish more people would see it. 
Um, I don't know if it's a, you know, people still not going to the movies thing. If it's a gay thing, you know, this is America still, sadly, or if it's just people don't want to see a rom-com thing and that's why they don't make them anymore. But uh, I wish more people saw it so they would make more movies like this. Like they don't make comedies anymore. All the comedies are straight to Netflix or straight to whatever. They don't make studio comedies anymore. And the fact that this one isn't making a lot of money probably just reinforces the idea that the studios aren't going to make them. And it's just going to be all, you know, superhero movies and star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't, I, I honestly haven't been in movies in a while. So I'll, maybe I'll have to out, go out and see that one. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we'll have coverage from uh, this weekend and uh, stuff throughout this week. And I have a couple of stories from Seattle and um yeah, we were sitting here, we were talking like three weeks ago, like well, you and I are like slacking. What the hell are we going to write about this year? Maybe we'll write less. We'll write two or three times a week. Here we are, tr- overloaded with stories, trying to cram them in and doling out the days as usual. So yeah, lots of good stuff for you on The Athletic. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll have another podcast at some point next week. Um, but for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. Talk to you soon. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.